This iman must now show itself out. It must bring out the branches of iman. The branches of iman are all the various amal of iman. The various sifat of iman, the qualities of iman, the actions of iman. And it must bring out the beautiful leaves that give a lot of shade. The leaves that will come in the form of the person's beautiful muasharat, his social life, his good interaction with people, how he lives with his parents, how he lives with his spouse, with his wife, how the wife lives with the husband, how the parents live with the children, how a person lives with his neighbors, how he lives with people in society in general. Everybody will benefit from the shade of this tree because he's dealing in such a wonderful way. And then he must bring about the flowers of Iman. That is his beautiful dealings. And even a non-Muslim deals with him is attracted to the person's way of dealing. SubhanAllah, what a wonderful way this person deals. What honest man. What an honest person. How fair and clear his dealings are. How just he is. And what a wonderful, good manner he has dealt. Where he learned all this. Who taught him to deal in this beautiful manner? So he'll be told, this is his Iman that taught him. This is the teachings of his Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. This is the teachings that came from the Quran Shari. It is his deen that teaches him this. But now even that non-Muslim will be attracted to his Iman, to his deen, by the flowers of his dealings. And then his beautiful akhlaq and the fruit of his akhlaq that will come, and somebody in the far corner of the world also will benefit from that fruit of akhlaq. Because it will be now export quality. Now this is the lesson that is already in this very comparison. That this Iman mustn't remain just hidden in the heart. Alhamdulillah, that person has Iman, that Iman will one day take him to Jannah. But this Iman does now show itself out in every aspect of life. That at the time of Salah, this Iman is bringing the person to the Masjid. At the time of the month of Ramadan, this Iman is making him fast. At the time of Zakat being due, this Iman is making him discharge his Zakat completely. And he's making him perform Hajj if Hajj is compulsory upon him. And this Iman is making him fulfill the rights of every person. He's making him fulfill the rights of his parents, of his children, and of his wife, and of his wife, fulfilling the husband's rights, and of his neighbors, and of people in general. The Iman is making sure he doesn't cheat. Because the Iman is now within him, it's not just something hidden, but it's showing itself out in every aspect of life. Nabi Salaam gives us this beautiful example of one line, in one statement, that Imam what a deep lesson, what a comprehensive lesson. Let this Iman come out, let it show itself out in every facet of life. Then Nabi Salaam says, that the most fundamental part of this Iman and the greatest aspect of it is La ilaha on the one hand, this can be described as a very seed of Iman. This is the trunk of Iman from which the branches stem out. Without the seed, there is nothing. Everything is null and void. Without the seed of Iman, a person can do anything in life. He can be the most charitable person. He can be a very kind person. All these things will be good things in itself. He will get the benefit of it in dunya. But in the akhirat, in the hereafter, without the seed of Iman, then a person is in total doom, complete destruction, forever destroyed. 
forever in difficulty and hardship. Alhamdulillah, this is the main thing, this is the greatest aspect. This Imam, the very seed of Imam, la ilaha illallah. But in the very wording of the Hadith Sharif, there's an added lesson. Peace Rasul says, What is the statement of Imam? To accept Imam, the testimony of Imam. That is the greatest thing. But in that is this lesson of saying La ilaha illallah repeatedly. The lesson of the zikr of Allah. The Sahaba would sometimes say to one another, come let us refresh our Iman. He said La ilaha illallah. Refresh the Iman. This Iman also requires refreshing. Our concept of Iman is, it's like somebody pressed one button and that machine will just carry on. No, no. This is something which is a constant effort on that Iman. And among the various ways in which to keep this Iman alive, all the things which are necessary, one very fundamental aspect is the repeated zikr of Allah Ta'ala. taking the name of Allah Ta'ala, istighfar, durud sharif, reciting the third kalima, reciting all the various askar. The essence of the zikr is the obedience of Allah a person who is obedient to Allah, Allah he is remembering Allah. A person who has tasbih in his hand and reciting astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah. But he's walking on the road, but the tasbih in his hand, big beads also, everybody can see, mashallah, what a big tasbih is what? While he's reciting astaghfirullah, but his eyes are still casting lustful glances. He's still looking, looking at all the haram around him. He's still looking at all the nudity around him. This person, despite being engaged in the verbal remembrance, but is far away from the remembrance of Allah. <coughs> because in essence he is now indulging in haram. He has forgotten Allah. Had he remembered Allah, Allah, he wouldn't have disobeyed Allah. So the real zikr is the obedience of Allah. A person is walking on the street at that time, he wasn't verbally saying anything. He wasn't verbally engaged in any zikr. But as soon as he realizes a woman passing, he cast his gaze low because Allah Ta'ala's command is here. Say to the believing men to lower their gazes and protect their chastity. Now he didn't, wasn't verbally engaged in any zikr, but from head to toe he was zikr. From head to toe he was involved in the remembrance of Allah because he was in the total obedience of Allah at that time. Person is in his business, somebody came to offer him a deal. Well, anyway, they came to offer him a deal. The deal is a very, very lucrative deal. To be able to turn it around in one day's time and make a million. But all the elements of haram are involved in it. There's some fraud involved in it, some deception involved in it, there's interest involved in it. Whatever the haram in it, he says, please take this away from me, I don't want it. I have nothing to do with it. At that time he's talking, he's saying, please take it away from me. You're not making any tasbih at that time. But that statement of his take it away from me, I don't have anything to do with it. Out of the fear of Allah. Out of the consciousness of Allah. Those words of his were 100% zikr. Because this was out of the consciousness of Allah. Allah has forbidden this kind of behavior. I don't want to displease my Allah. I don't want to do anything that Allah will be unhappy with. 
So he is 100% at that time in the remembrance of Allah. So the essence of the zikr is Allah Ta'ala obedience. But to create that consciousness, we have been emphasized in the Quran Sharif, in the Ahadith, to excessively verbally remember Allah. Ya ayyuhal ladheena aamudhkuru laha zikran kaseera. O you believe, remember Allah Ta'ala, zikran kaseera, excessively. The verbal remembrance. Get so many ahadis, at least thousand say the person decides this hundred times, this is a reward. Person decides this hundred times, this is a reward. The Sahaba saying one one gathering, one majlis, one gathering of Nabi's thousand. We used to count sometimes more than seventy times istighfar. Nabi's thousand. Allah totally sinless. And in one sitting, he is hiding again reciting or making istighfar of verbally. And this is for the lesson of the Ummah. Nabi Islam is masoom, he is sinless, but he is making istighfar for all us who are filled with sin. How much istighfar, verbal istighfar we should be making? So this remembrance of Allah Ta'ala is a very essential part of a moment. If you think about it for the whole day, how many words we speak, how many things we speak, how many futile things. And then Allah forbid how many haram things. How much rebirth? Then sometimes Allah forbid a person to be lying. And then how many Allah forbid again vulgar things? Now because of all these futile things and then haram things and vulgar things, so what happens? That this tongue, now because it's involved in so much of <coughs> filthy talk, it gets deprived of saying what is pure. Because these two things now is either going to be one or the other. Now if a person wants to save his tongue from getting involved in all these filthy talks, all the haram talk, the rebirth, the backbiting, the slander, and the immoral things, the vulgar talk and clean, and his tongue, the tongue that recites Quran Shari, the tongue that takes the name of Allah Ta'ala, the tongue that wakes up in the morning saying, saying, La ilaha illallah, the tongue that recites so many things in Salah, and that tongue immersing it in filth of vulgarity, like a person now, he eats with his right hand, obviously. So he keeps his right hand clean from every film. So we eat with the right hand. So now the right hand doesn't touch any dirt with it. Why? Because we eat with that hand. Now you're going to read, take the name of Allah out of this tongue. And now that tongue, in vulgarity, it is worse than putting the hand in the worst kind of filthiest film. In the worst kind of, in the most smelly film. Person can't imagine doing it, deliberately putting his hand in filth. Or putting the tongue in vulgar talk is worse than that. It's like he's immersed it in filth. Now he's going to take the name of Allah. One poet in Persian, he gives one couplet. The essence of that couplet is if I wash my tongue with musk, if I wash it with musk a hundred times, then too I don't think I have purified it enough. To take the name of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. It's Allah grace that we still take the name of Allah Ta'ala, we take the name of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, we decide to worship him. This doesn't mean in any way we should stop that, rather we should increase this so that we cut out all this other evil. So the zikr of Allah Ta'ala daily, sometime daily should be fixed for total concentrated zikr. 
All his wife person is driving, he is walking, every now and again he is reciting something, reciting Astaghfirullah, reciting some Guru Charif, all that should go on. While he is busy with his work, every now and again something should be on his tongue. A moment, his contact is with Allah all the time. And forever he is trying to keep that contact alive. But together with that, some dedicated time. In the morning he sits down, after his Fajr Salah, some time of the day, and it is him and his Allah. And in a dedicated manner, he is remembering Allah. Tasbihat, basic tasbihat, hundred times istiqar, hundred times guru shari. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi upon us, we can't even count, we can't imagine. The least is a token of our appreciation is to recite guru shari. We don't do him any favor, this is just a token of our appreciation. Hundred times guru shari. So in any case, awdaluha qawru la ilaha illallah. And then the least Rasul says, وَأَدْنَاهَا إِمَاتَكُمْ أَدَاعَنِ الْتَرِيقِ This is the greatest branch of Iman, this is the very chunk of Iman. The smallest branch of Iman, the least Rasul says, is to remove something that is harmful from the way. Something that will cause any inconvenience to the next person. It might be something that will hurt somebody, it might be some dirt which you just the person sees the dirt tree, feels uncomfortable. So the dirt tree is causing inconvenience. Now, our general approach to these things are I'm not responsible for them, it's not my job. It's not my job, I have a worry about it. If it's my Muslim, for example, you see somebody else's job, I can drop it. But to think about it from this angle, that to remove that it is going to cause <coughs> some tatlif, some, some inconvenience, some discomfort <coughs> to the next person, to remove that from there, is to bring alive a branch of Iman. And this is not just a small branch, it's the smallest branch of Iman, but this tree is so huge, that the smallest branch too is a very, very, very huge branch. This is comparatively speaking smallest. Like a person got one billion rand, the other person got ten million rands. So compared to the one billion, the ten million, it's not no comparison to one billion. The ten million is ten million. Still a very big amount. So likewise, this is a very big thing. It's a very big branch of Iman to bring alive in our homes. Now, who did this? That person's job. Wherever, walking on the street, there's something that will cause harm to somebody, to bring it bring their life, the branch of Iman is to remove it. Now the point again in the lesson in this is, if a person has made this his approach, that he's not going to leave anything in the way that will harm the next person. He has adopted this policy. <coughs> Can it now be imagined that he will deliberately cause the cleave to the next person? When he is now concerned that somebody else's problem, I was removing because this is a branch of Iman. Can it now be imagined he'll hurt somebody's feelings? He'll harm somebody? He'll do somebody down? He'll make hurtful comments? He will hurt somebody's heart in some way? His wife, the wife hurting the husband? <laughs> His parents talking to them in a rude and abrupt manner, in a way that breaks their hearts. Can it be imagined now? When he is worried about making sure somebody else's problem is taken out of the way, may he be problems anyway. It's not just one aspect, it brings alive so many aspects of Iman. And then the last thing Nabi Islam says, well, haya iman, that haya is a very huge branch of Iman. If a person has haya, modesty and shame in him, then this will bring alive many, many, many branches of Iman. 
is that kind of branch from which many branches come out. A person has haya, can have adab. A person has haya, then his respect will be there. Many times a child does something which is disrespectful. What is a reprimand? But no shame in it. Because shame is what is the thing that brings out respect. A person uses shame in his respect. He won't bother what he does. He doesn't bother how he talks. He won't bother where he goes. He won't bother whether he is disgracing himself in front of his children, or whether the husband is disgracing himself in front of the wife, or the wife is disgracing herself in front of her parents. Doesn't matter what happens, because the haya is gone. When shame is gone, everything is lost. And the shame is being destroyed in a very, very calculated manner. Every newspaper, every magazine, and forget all the newspapers and magazines, even the packaging of products, the juice bottle also will come with a shameless picture on it, and I will pass it to one another, nobody backs an idea. But what is doing in the process? It's, it's chopping down this haya. Because now the shame is, if this can be passed down and everybody can look at it and nobody feels anything, then the doors get open to worse. And in time everybody is sitting around the box and watching the film at the same time, and nobody is feeling anything about it. But it's not nobody's feeling anything, it's the feelings have been killed. The feelings of shame have been killed. So everybody's comfortable with it. But then the end result is that the whole moral fiber of society breaks down. And then there's no consideration of who's the parent, or who's the uncle, his father, and who's elder and who's younger. Everything is the whole, the whole moral structure of society breaks down. So this is the Nisas who is saying that bring this very firmly in the life. The three things that we mentioned, one is La ilaha illallah, it was brought along the whole lesson of zikr. Maybe some part of our day should be filled with zikr. And then together with that, that we don't give any taklif to anybody, we don't cause any inconvenience to anyone, we remove other people's harm also from the way. And we bring alive this aspect of hayat. <coughs>